Welcome back to another episode of Title Talk. I'm here with my partner, Alonzo, who, by the way, volume down because he's somewhere in New York, somewhere on a, I guess, a bike, and it just keeps beeping at him. All right. So, look, volume down, people. I'm at a hotel gym right now. Um, I could have done the product from my room, but my dad's in my room right now. Um, he's, like, napping, or I'd, I'd, he's just, like, chilling in the room for a little bit, and um, I didn't feel like I could let it rip like I usually do with my dad in there. Uh, you know, we, you know, sometimes title talk gets a little mature and um, can't get fully mature with, with dad in there, kind of listening to what I'm saying. So I am now in the hotel gym, sitting on the exercise bike that is furthest away from the speakers. And I, oh, fuck. I'm getting off this bike. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Or I'm going to like stop pedaling the fucking pedals. I'm done. Okay. But yeah, I, I can, I can tell you something funny about my dad. I was home for, home for Thanksgiving, and I let my dad listen to your voicemail, and he was like, "What's wrong oh, with him?" <laughs> he laughed. Well, it was funny. What's wrong with me? I was, I was a little, a little very drunk, <laughs> man. I was celebrating because I'm not gonna get into the specifics of what happened, okay? And bottom line is that that day I had my first college court date. I went to court. I was in court for about an hour and I was found not liable of doing something very stupid, which I actually did. And I admitted to the judge I did. But apparently the police officer wrote down like the incorrect code violation for my mistake and nothing happened to me. And it saved me between $500 and one grand. And boy, did I celebrate. It was a Tuesday. (laughs) We love to see it, man. I love I, I loved to hear that voicemail. I mean, it was it was 3 a.m. or 1 a.m., whatever time it was. I answered I, – I was getting ready to answer the call because, you know, I knew about this incident, and I didn't know if Alonzo <laughs> had gotten to another incident. So I was like, ah, fuck, should I answer this call? Alonzo might be in prison right now. So, so I didn't answer, and I opened up the next day. And the, first of all, the translator has no idea what he's saying. Like, if I just read the, what the voicemail translator said, no clue what Alonzo is mumbling on about. <laughs> Yeah, you need you need the Alonzo filter, but the very drunk, um, like vacillating away from the phone, that Alonzo filter, and apparently that doesn't exist yet. Unfortunately, it will soon enough though, as long as I keep getting in trouble. <laughs> I'll tell you, I I think I had something worse happen to me today, even worse than what happened to you. Even oh, you got to tell me off air then. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to tell everyone. It's bad. Oh, wow. It's not that bad. Listen, today, so today, um, hit the gym. All right. I'm, I'm a little thirsty. I'm looking around. I got a water. At the oh, gym. I saw this. It was <laughs> not worse, by the way. I take, I take a drink. Bro, it's not my water. It was not my water, and it <laughs> tasted weird. Oh, I was, oh, my God. I could have AIDS right now. I probably did have AIDS. You already this had sucks. AIDS. You had age when you sent me your Tom Brady, t- your Tom Brady takes after the Titans game. That's when you got AIDS. <laughs> Cry, weep for me. I love you, weep Tom. Yeah, no, you don't. He doesn't love you, Tom. He's not. He doesn't have the unconditional love and support that I have for you, Tom. 
He's he's a fair weather Brady fan. I think Bryson's been exposed as that, if anything. Oh man. Why are we, we talking about you know what? I I have a little rant. I saw today a tweet from Brett Patriots. Um I didn't see I saw a little chat screenshot in there too from Brett Patriots that uh I'm gonna say it was unfortunate. <laughs> it's just a little unfortunate. But the tweet today from Brett Patriots from Brett Patriots was even worse. He suggested that next year the Patriots tank for Tua, the Bama quarterback. And um, he apparently forgot that the current quarterback is 42 years old and his championship window is maybe this year and next year. And that's it. If that, and he wants to tank next year. So, yeah, Brett Patriots, that ain't it, Chief. (laughs) <laughs> that ain't it <laughs> I like how you refer to him as his formal name Brett Patriots Brett Pat's his first name basis you call him Brett Patriots if you're very unhappy with him like, sort of like calling someone by their middle name <laughs> yeah exactly exactly calling Will William <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> you're like calling Belichick William Belichick after he benched Malcolm Butler for Jordan Richards in the Super Bowl yeah like that like that, that. Like that. that's yeah, Brett Patriots. I could also call him by his full name, but we would not like to see that. We just we hate that. <laughs> I like I, I like this these rivalries you have with people on Pat's Twitter. Like, no, you you, really no get, honestly, 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 rivalries. honestly, I like Brett. I like Brett. He's funny, and a lot of his Pat's takes, when they aren't stolen, are good. Like that, honest. He's pretty good, but. The the to the Tua thing today was just way too much, man. Tanking with Tom Brady being forty two years old, yeah, sure. Let's just throw away the season. <laughs> oh, we hate to see that, Brett Patriots. Absolutely hate to see it. Yeah, that's that's poverty, man. Come on, Tom Curran though. And I know this wasn't on our agenda, but did you see Tom Curran's story on how this might be the end of the Pats dynasty two point I think I might have skimmed through it. I think I might have skimmed through it. I've heard him talk about it, though. He made some pretty good points on it, man. I'm not going to lie. He, he, I mean, he, it was hard to argue with a lot of what he said. And then, you know, he he, he also said some stuff that was questionable. Like, he mentioned Dwayne Allen having the, fuck the smoke alarm, having the, one of the top seven, I think, highest cap hits on the team. Like, he won't be on the team at that number. But even still, uh, just how some players are aging, they're, um, they're owed more than they're probably worth at this point, and how the team might look a lot different in terms of their frontline guys for next year, and questioning whether or not Brady would, if Gronk retires or if Gronk is elsewhere, which at this point I would say is more likely than not, I'd put it at like 60-40 that he's not on the Patriots next year, maybe even more. He's questioning whether or not Brady would come back for a season of breaking in like a whole new cast of weapons, which it's a fair question. Yeah, he did that on quick slants, didn't he? Now I'm starting to jog my memory a little bit. Yeah, had yeah, too he, much shine over this break. Yeah, no, he did it on quick slants, and he did. He also, what he did on quick slants was just basically restate the points he made in his article. And I, I, like, honestly, I thought they were good points, right? Because Gronk leaves, Hogan and Dorsett, even if they're back, are meh. 
Josh Gordon, I guess, could be back, might be back. Really, that's kind of dicey counting on him to stay on the straight and narrow for a whole offseason. And who knows if the Pats even want to bring him back or if they kind of want to reset there. And if you're Brady at that point, you're looking at it. And Edelman's the only guy, wide receiver, tight end, who you've played with and you trust and who's worthy of being on the field in a big moment. And even Edelman's 33. Do you just say, like, maybe this isn't it? Maybe this isn't what I want to be doing? I think that's a fair question, to be totally honest. So you're saying Brady could take a look at the roster and say, yeah, this ain't it, Chief. Yeah, fuck this. I'm out. (laughs) Me and Giselle are out of here, Chief. Yeah, we're going we're going to Montana and like yeah, maybe I'll take a year off or whatever, but I'm not I'm not signing up to throw an Aaron Dobson and Kembrell Tompkins again with a thirty three year old Julian Edelman is the only guy I can trust on the outside. What a sad state Julian Edelman being by himself on the Patriots if Tom Brady ever retired before he did. What a sad i that'd be so sad. I'd just play him a quarterback. I'd just say like Jules, thanks. Thanks for everything you've given us. We want to entertain the fans. <laughs> exactly. Wait, everyone loves you. Everyone loves you. Here's the, here's the quarterback position. It's all yours. Just go crazy. <laughs> That'd be absolutely amazing. That'd be so great. If they cut Dwayne Allen, they'll definitely have the cap for it. Just give them 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll, we, we'll talk about offseason moves at some other time, and there are a bunch to be made, and they, they should have space for flowers. But – it's just um, – it's something to think about as we head into the the home stretch of the season, the last six games, and hopefully deep into the playoffs, uh, how this this might actually be different than other years in terms of the ending and what comes after this. Yeah, for sure, Alonzo. You know what I did yesterday? Um... No. Oh man, that's just the Pandora's box. So I'm I'm not gonna let you answer that. So yesterday, I actually <laughs> hung up my Gronk jersey. I have a Gronk jersey. Hung it up in my room. How you like that? Hung it up in your room. Well, you don't wear a jersey, so I don't know. Like, why was it just collecting dust in a closet? No, I have it hung up. I always have it hung up, but it just wasn't like where you could see it. But I actually hung it up, so it's hung up there, right next to the Kobe Bryant jersey, baby. Let's go. Okay. So you have, okay, then, okay, fine, sure. Kobe, sure, fine. Okay, you hung up your Gronk jersey. I don't know what Gronk the symbolism back. is behind it. Okay, sure, yeah, Gronk back. Let's get in Gronk. That. It's a horrible Gronk, Shaq, Mason back. Screw you. <laughs> Gronk, Shaq, Mason back. Actually, the funny thing about the Gronk jersey, it's got all sorts of stains on it. It's beat up. It's, like, really similar to Gronk. It's all beat up. Probably it's all beat up. One. It's all Probably beat up, but if one. you wash it, if you wash it, it can look presentable for just a couple of weeks, which is all you <laughs> need it to. Is that, that you're actually exactly right? We need Gronk to be healthy. Yeah, absolutely. So Gronk been dealing with, I think the ankle definitely for sure. It's Pretty a sure sprain or worse. Ankle and I know they've talked about his back being hurt as well. He's always had chronic back back issues. Yeah. Gronk hasn't really looked like Gronk. He's good. There's a tough game here. There's three three of the next four games are on the road. So this is going to be a little yeah. tough stretch. And the Patriots definitely need healthy Gronk to succeed. The offense 
Hasn't lo- didn't look great against the Titans. Granted, going into a bye week, Titans had a pretty good team. And just Pats, kind of a perfect. The Pats storm. look dead. We we never talked the Titans game. I think you did the pod with LB after that game because I had a whole assortment of tests and essays and just a whole lot of good stuff. Um, but it yeah, look, the Pats offense looked awful, and the Pats as a team just looked awful. Guys that have been playing really well played horribly. And I don't think that's a game that's indicative of anything major in terms of the problems with the team. But one thing I think it does tell us is just how desperately they need Gronk. Because after that game, I kind of thought back to the 2009 season. And now, granted, I was nine years old when it happened. So how well do I remember all these games? Not all that well, but I do remember the Belichick of football life from that season. And in one of the meetings, he's talking about how if a team just brackets um, Moss and gets down on Welker after the catch, the Patriots are were done. They just couldn't create anywhere else. It was going to be really difficult to move the ball. And, I mean, you saw it against the, tit- the Titans, right? Uh, Adoree Jackson kind of wins his matchup a little bit with Gordon. Edelman, they let him get his. He gets his 10 catches, and he looked good, but – you're not gonna you're not gonna win a game just purely off those two guys, Gordon making a few explosive plays and Edelman. And outside of that, what do you have? In that game, you have Dwayne Allen, who's a non factor as a receiver. You have Ooh. Jacob Hollister, who's a total coward. Those are your tight ends. And then a receiver, what? Hogan? Hogan hasn't been able to separate since the last year in the Super Bowl. He hasn't had one good game. He's just been mediocre and just a kind of a flat line all season outside of two good games against Kansas city and the bears. So what do you have without Gronk? You have an offense that's relying on two receivers in Gordon and Edelman, one of which you can take away by bracketing and the other isn't going to win a game by himself. And you have a pass catching back in James white, who isn't a great dynamic runner. And that's kind of your passing game. And then your running game is Sony Michelle, who isn't a great receiver or hasn't exactly been proven as that in the NFL. So it's just – it's not an offense that's as difficult to defend as last year's, even though on paper it would appear to be kind of similar to it. Um, the backs are not as versatile. Obviously, at that point, you don't have a Gronk. And the if they face a top defense like that with that type of personnel or they face a top offense they're going to have to outscore, they're not going to be able to do it. And that's kind of the issue with it, I think. Yeah, and you actually hit the nail on the head. Dwayne Allen, toe for run. Can't do anything in the pass game. Literally, this is the entire problem with Dwayne Allen, and which is why Gronk, healthy Gronk, is so important because Gronk is not a toe for run or pass, and he can actually live and breathe in the passing game and catch some passes, which Dwayne Allen cannot. So this, yeah. this just helped. Gronk being alive and breathing on the field actually helps immensely. He doesn't even have to be great, just decent. Well, right, exactly. And, you know, Dwayne Allen, it wasn't even that he was a tell for a run because they threw the ball a little bit with him on the field, like in 11 personnel and whatnot. But he was a tell that they, they could cover Dwayne Allen with their defensive tackle, a defense could. And Brady just yeah, was not matter. looking that way. Like, he was a complete non-factor in the passing game. And when you have a tight end that's a complete non-factor and a receiver who's a ghost – and you have to focus on three guys in the passing game. 
one of them's the running back who can't really hurt you as a runner. The other is a slot receiver who's not going to threaten you too much downfield. And the other, you can just bracket like that. Imagine if the Patriots are playing that offense one week, what are we saying? Oh, just put um, 2014 Revis on Edelman, put Browner and McCourty over Gordon and get down on white. And there, that's how you win. Like it's not a dynamic offense to cover personnel wise. If you don't have Gronk now with Gronk back, everything changes because Gronk, I know we've had the Kelsey debate and right now I'm not going to debate you. Kelsey's better than Gronk as of today, right now, what they've done this season, it's not even close. Uh, At the same time, I will say with Gronk healthy, he's one of the top three tight ends in the league. If he's fully healthy, like he wasn't week one when he caught, what was it, like 10 passes for 120 yards and a touchdown? He might be still the best tight end in the NFL. And having that guy really does change things. Yeah, it really does. And Shaq's coming back to who's more important, Shaq Gronk? Oh, come on. Get out of here. Just Shaq? No. Shaq? Are you kidding me? Ted Karras was like fine against Green Bay. Ted Karras was fine, fine, good enough against Green Bay to where Cordero Patterson, who was playing running back for the second full game of his career, ran for, what was it, 60 yards and a touchdown? Like, no, Gronk's more important. Come on. Why are you yelling? I just asked. Well, I, I mean, it's okay. You asked, fine. Yeah. Who's more important to the Patriots, Tom Brady or Jordan Richards? Oh, wow. Shaq Mason slander in this house? It's, it's not Shaq Mason slander. It's in just, this house. I, it's obvious question slander. slander. Shaq Mason. It's obvious question slander, okay? It's Gronk. It's always been Gronk. And Shaq Mason, I will say this. Shaq Mason is more important than the last two games let on. Absolutely. Shaq Mason's a stud. He's a linchpin to the running game. And I'm not going to act like I'm an offensive line expert or some kind of film guru, but I watch these games and I watch Shaq Mason at least three, four times a game just pull and destroy a linebacker on the second level so Sony Michelle could run for eight yards. So, yeah, Shaq Mason. Shaq Mason's a stud, and he'll really help. I've seen veteran scout call him um, by far the best offensive lineman on the team, one of the best guards in the NFL. PFF, I think, had him as the second best guard or the best guard in the NFL before he got hurt. The Patriots didn't pay their left tackle, and they paid their right guard. So what does that tell you about how they view Mason? Like, yeah, Shaq Mason's a stud. Don't get me wrong, and he's going to be – He's crucial to the success of the running game and of the offense, but come on, he's he's not Gronk. I agree with you. Now you can just take a little chill pill. I'm, I haven't a lot done of people... this podcast in two and a half weeks, man. Listen, the I man is me? yelling about Shaq Mason and Gronk. All I did was ask him. All I love, is, I'm I'm sure there's a, a lot of people. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that aren't really sure who's more important. I would think Gronk's more important. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you know Gronk is pretty important. And you know Shaq Mason's pretty important. And they're both pretty good. And I love Shaq Mason. I love you, Shaq. You have a goat name. Shaquille Elijah Mason. Amazing. Wow. wow. 
Why do we call him Shaq? I'm going to start calling him Shaquille. That's way cooler. (laughs) Did you see that block Shaquille had? Yeah. Everyone's like, who the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like calling him Shaquille. Shaq. Big Shaq. Love to see it. Yeah, you're right. Um, Ted, I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to butcher it. Carrots. Ted Carrots was all right. He's been all right. He's been all right. Not the reason they lost. Absolutely. Now, he, not to get into this, but he's a guy I would re-sign before next season. Next year will be in a contract year, and he's kind of the perfect guy to have as a backup um, kind of spot starter at left guard, right guard, center. He's done all of them except left guard in his career, and he's played left guard in the preseason. He's done it capably. So he's been in the program. I like Ted Karras. I like him as a backup lineman. Uh, speaking about the offensive line, David Andrews calls stuffing dressing. You're a coward, David Andrews. That's coward. What? That's coward. That's bad. I'm that's Mexican. Ca- I know that's bad. It's stuffing. What are you? It's not dress. That's disgusting. People that call it dressing, you disgust me. Yeah, you won't get an argument here. <laughs> All right, next thing on our agenda, and – I know for sure Alonzo doesn't care, but I'm excited about OB oh, coming. OB, you know what? He's an athletic freak. Could be Pat Chung insurance. He's probably not going to hit. He's probably not going to be Pat Chung. <laughs> he's Pat Chung insurance. He's probably not going to be good at all, but there's like a 10% chance he could be good. And he's an athletic freak. You can play him in like three, four spots on the defense. If he hits. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting stuff. You thought Jordan Richards was as athletic. This is Obi. This is Obi. Yeah. His name is Obi. Yeah. His name's Obi. Player to watch. Player to watch. Um, okay. I'll say this. If there weren't a seven-man inactive quota that the team has to fill each week, I would be very excited about Obi because I'm sure Belichick could find around 10 snaps a game where he could contribute and where he could just, he could do something. I don't know what, but he could do something. The issue is I can't get excited about a guy who I, where is he playing? Who's he playing instead of like, they have to sit seven guys each week. Who's sitting for Obi? That's my main concern when thinking about what he's going to bring to this team. I think you'd say there's a 10% chance he's going to be good. I would say there's a higher percent chance he's going to be good next season because they signed him to a two-year deal. I think this year might be behind-the-scenes development. Maybe he does get on the field. Maybe he plays someone's role in the kicking game who we haven't even thought of, right? Like, Let's say the Pats sat Brandon King tomorrow. This is a healthy scratch and they played OB. Would I be shocked? No, because the kicking game sucked. And I, have, I don't have any idea about the kicking game. But I his athleticism, he could help there. But, I mean, nothing would surprise me in terms of uh, his usage on specials. Right now, I... I'm not smart enough to see who he's going on the 46-man active game day roster for. 
I think that's the main issue with getting excited about him because I understand being excited about Obi just like in a vacuum, right? He's a freak, second round pick, high second round pick last year. Like he wasn't some bum second round pick who was a bust with the Raiders after three years of them trying it. No, he was a second round pick who didn't get a chance this year. And he was a second round pick last year. Like he he might be good, but this year I find it difficult to believe that there's an avenue for him to get actual game reps. Yeah, you're probably right. Another thing, how about just put him in the five hole on the kickoff, Alonzo. Just put him in the five hole, baby. Let's put him in the five hole. Five hole. Is there okay? Is there a chance that Obi could be a better blocker than Dwayne Allen? I'm absolutely just kidding about this. <laughs> Putting Obi in the five hole. I don't know what the five hole is. <laughs> Sorry, Matt Adam. I'm sorry, Matt Adam. <laughs> oh my goodness, you coward! You don't know what the problem is. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't know what the five hole is. I don't think anyone knows what it is. I don't think I know what it is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the six is maybe the guy that's next to the kicker. I recall. Ooh. I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. That's me clapping. Okay, thanks, Jason. Jason Garrett. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, babe, we love it. You're totally right about Obi, though. It's going to be really hard for him to get on the field. Sort of like the next guy we're going to talk about, which is Alonzo's absolutely favorite oh, player. Alonzo's favorite player, Duke Dawson. He's, he's up there with Dwayne. Dwayne. He's up there with Dwayne and Jacob. Man, hasn't played And Chris. <laughs> and Duke Dawson has not played a snap. I think he didn't even play in the preseason. He's a bum. Duke Dawson's a bum. I don't care. Like, I'm not afraid to say it. I think Belichick and the coaching staff might be more inclined to try to get him on the field, right? So maybe he dresses over, like, Keon Crossan or something. He's a, Keon Cross, He's probably better than Keon Crossan. I don't know if he will be next year, but at this point he probably is. You know, second-round pick. Belichick was targeting him for two years. Maybe he's good. I doubt it. I don't know. I just know that the Patriots took a slot cornerback who they are playing at slot cornerback, not at safety as some have imagined. Dawson admitted he's been practicing in the slot this season. They took him in the second round when they have one of the five best slot corners in the NFL, Jonathan Jones, under team control for the first two years of Duke Dawson's rookie contract. So why did they make that pick? Beats me, but I guess he's on the team now, and he's on the 53, and, you know, my only hope for him to contribute might be he he eats a little bit into Harmon's role and pushes McCourty back to safety and pushes McCourty away from man coverage when the Pats go to their kind of dime look. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the guy can do. I haven't given him a fair chance. I hated the pick when it happened. I have my reasons for hating the pick, and they're mainly because I love Jonathan Jones and because I loved a lot of the guys that were available when he was taken. Shout out Dallas Goddard, who they passed on to trade back to take Dawson. Shout out James Washington. Shout out Fred Warner. Love those. Justin Reed. Shout out to you. I love those guys. Pats took Duke Dawson. Okay, fine, sure. What is he? I don't know. 
he he might be he might be a serviceable seventh defensive back for his first two years of his career. That's just great. <laughs> you know what I think they should do with Duke Dawson? Moving to receiver, moving to running back. No, they should make him fight Keon Crossan every <laughs> Saturday night to find out who's going to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> every every game for the rest of his career. Have you seen, have you seen Keon Crossan's traps? Keon Crossan would smoke him. He, he would. <laughs> That's the funniest part. Duke Dawson would spend the majority of his career getting his ass kicked by, by Keon Crossan on Saturday nights to be active. Yeah. Man, I can't wait till Duke Dawson goes full Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl and I have to, I have to eat this podcast. Please, Duke. Please just like prove me wrong. No, Duke. I can't wait to see Alonzo root against Duke Dawson. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Duke Dawson, pass breakup on Robbie Anderson. Fuck! Fuck! Yeah, the Jets quarterback throws it right to Duke Dawson, and everyone's going to be like, oh! Alonzo, you moron! Yeah. Throws it right to him. TD, pick six. You will cry. Watch Duke Dawson become like- Chris Harris, man. I swear. Nope. That's the one Pat's draft pick that I was just completely against from the start. I usually like to give the guys a chance. Like Cyrus Jones, I had a horrible feeling when it happened. Just awful. And I was like, no, let's, let's see what he got. Maybe he's something as a punt returner. He made one great return in his preseason, and I was, I was kind of in on Cyrus. And then, nah, just didn't work out. Duke Dawson was the first guy where they picked him. Vincent Valentine, too, where I said – but I – like Kara, shout out Kara, talk my talk me into Vincent Valentine a little later. Duke Dawson's the first guy where I I said, What? Why? He got a slot guy? Really? You just took the next Jordan Richards? What? 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 I I could never get excited for him. Yeah, me either. I'm not a big Duke Dawson fan either. Just let's We love <sighs> We just love Jonathan Jones on this podcast. We, Jonathan Jones is amazing. We love Jonathan Jones. And by the way, when the Pats took Duke Dawson, they already had Stefan Gilmore, Jason McCourty, Eric Rowe, Jonathan Jones on the roster. Cyrus Jones coming back to compete from his ACL. Um, what was that guy's name? Ryan Lewis coming into camp to compete. And they were, of course, going to add some late round or undrafted rookie that would make the team. And lo and behold, two late round slash undrafted rookie corners made the team. And they had to keep Duke Dawson kind of just there. And now Duke Dawson's just there. He's, I, uh, I, can't, I can't wait for him to be a healthy scratch for the rest of the year. I can't wait, man. That, we took that guy over Fred Warner. Google Fred Warner's rookie highlights and tell me who you'd rather have. Google Justin. By the way, did you watch the Texans-Redskins game last week? Yeah, we love we love Justin, Justin Reed. Reed, a favorite of Title Talk. Making plays, man. Making plays. Making plays. He's making me look good. I would love nothing more for Duke Dawson to make me look like shit. Do I have any faith that'll happen? Absolutely not. Not a prayer. Slander talk. Slander talk. Okay, that's fair. What I've done today, I've just slandered you. Coward talk. <laughs> I, sl- I slandered you. I slandered Duke Dawson. Low key slandered Bill. Dwayne Allen, he'll never escape. Chris Hogan's still a ghost. 
Jacob Hollister, absolute coward. Yeesh. I think the best part of today was just seeing Trent Brown walking on the airplane. That was in a gigantic suit. I was it the suit, man? Was it the suit? He might have been smuggling. Yeah, just... He might have been smuggling three kids under that thing. Word to Daron Armin. <laughs> <laughs> he just got the joke. Oh. oh, I don't think. I, I think if I put Trent Brown's suit on, you wouldn't see me. <laughs> no way. No <laughs> like, way. There's no shot you'd see me. No. He just. <laughs> There, he just went to the store and was like, "Yo, what's the biggest suit you guys have?" <laughs> Boom, give it, give it, give it to him. He looked straight out of like 2004 with that suit. <laughs> like he looked like those NBA players on the sidelines yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2004 when they were hurt. He looked like D Wade at the ESPYS multiple years. And by way, by the way, Trent Brown, this is just two days, three days removed after him saying. Ladies, don't act like y'all. No, 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 no. I turned you on to that. No, no. (laughs) What are we doing? Portrait Brown, no. Uh, We're not going to ruin the man's life like this. By the way, you need to give me the credit. Who sent you that? Who? Who sent you that? No, he didn't send me that. Who sent you that screenshot? Listen, people. You don't have Alonzo an Instagram. Tell you about this. Bryson NFL Alonzo, has Alonzo, no Instagram. You would Alonzo would not tell you about this. Alonzo would not tell you about this. No. I am here to tell you about this. We're censoring Bryson. Bryson is canceled. Okay, we're censoring Bryson. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be the first Patriots account to get absolutely canceled. Oh. That's the T. Oh, Patriots, Red. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm hosting. He's canceled, sis. <laughs> I'm hosting. I'm hosting title talk with with Chris Black. Uh, not next week, because next week, by the way, I have like three tests and an essay due, none of which I've started to study or write for. Same. So that would Woo, be fun. That's gonna be fun. Yes. Yeah, I'll write yours if you write mine. An essay, dude. It's ah. Uh... I write essays. I'm good at writing essays. I have to have two tests that are extremely hard, and I have to do a presentation on the benefits of vitamin D. I don't even know what the benefits of vitamin, vitamin D and exercise D. are. I want to just kill myself. I want to talk about Trent Brown in front of the entire class the entire time. You know what? You know what, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? You know what you should do? Trent Brown. Okay, Trent Brown. That's a good, that's a good benefit, but I was going to say just – Make a PowerPoint slideshow or whatever. Make a PowerPoint. Why did I call it a PowerPoint slideshow? I sound like I'm 65 years old. I'm 18. Make a fucking PowerPoint. Make a Google Slides. Make a keynote. Josh Gordon. Just pictures of Josh Gordon shirtless. And then tweet him to tweet you or just like Photoshop some DM saying, man, the key to everything is this vitamin D. I should shouldn't I? I should just keep hitting them up every day and be like, hey Josh, I really need to pass. Hey Josh, hashtag Flash Fridays, hashtag Flash Fridays. Please help me out, man. Would it's you... for school. <laughs> I'm gonna make a fake I'm gonna make a fake Josh Gordon account and DM myself yes. and take a picture of it. Yes. It's so easy too to put the verified thing on it. <laughs> it's it's easy. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have all these good it. ideas for you. I have all these good ideas for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm doing. I'm going to actually, I'm going to put two pictures up. I'm going to say, see this man, this, this is the man, same person before vitamin D. And it's going to be a picture of Trent Brown in that suit. <laughs> and then after vitamin D, it's going to be Josh Gordon with the shirt off. Yes. We Everyone's going to be like, wow. The, the, the professor's going to be like, any research articles, Bryson? Nope. Just these pictures there, proof. Just take that one. <laughs> just these the pictures and my brain. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Alonzo, we got to talk about the offense post by because it's very important. As you can see, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Rams, they're putting up 500 points, which, by the way, you're pretty right about that. Yeah. Yeah, I missed the score by, like, a point for each team. I tweet, I DM'd you, or I texted you 56 to 53, Rams. It was 57-54. <laughs> Pretty unbelievable. It definitely was. We hate it. Do we? Come on, Patrick. Patrick Mahomes, you coward. You frog. You coward. <laughs> you good good frog play man. on fraud. You frog, frog man. You is a fraud okay. fraudulent fraudulent so the offense post by can have 2017 post by similarly Ooh. Brady was absolutely Brady was horrible in December Deion Lewis who's I'll, a total I'll coward this. I'll say this last year when Brady was horrible in December we were in denial hard no, Brady's not that. He hasn't been that bad. No, nah, nah. he was bad in December last year. I think we admitted it. We admitted it when the playoffs came. He was like, yeah, he, he needs to be better than that. But he was bad in December, and he hasn't been great the last three weeks. He's going to need to be better. You're absolutely right. And as you were saying on Dion. Yeah, he, the coward Dion Lewis. Yeah. I don't even know if we should talk about him anymore. But he absolutely Watch me on Twitter, by the way. Deion Lewis. Ooh, Deion. I never tweeted anything bad about Deion Lewis. Even when he was slandering the Patriots all week leading up to the Titans game, I was saying, ah, I'll always love Deion Lewis. He was great. One of the most exciting players I ever watched play for the Patriots. Then I find out when Bryson tweets him as the Titans are getting destroyed by the Colts, Deion Lewis blocked me on Twitter. And you know what? All those times I called Deion Lewis big dick Deion, I take it all back. Okay, fuck you, Dion. Fuck you and your two fumbles in the AFC Divisional round against the Texans. Fuck you and your fumble to Miles Jack against the Jaguars. Fuck you and your disappearing act against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Fuck you. Fuck you, Dion Lewis. James White carried the man to the Super Bowl. James White carried you to – what did Dion Lewis do against the Falcons in the Super Bowl? Tell me what he did. He fucking Here, blew out his knee on a fucking kneel down. Disgrace. James, James White got tired, and then Deion Lewis came in for like two snaps. He came in for a That's kneel he down. He came in for a reverse <laughs> on a kneel down, and he fucking blew out his knee right before overtime. What a joke. Tragic. What a joke. <laughs> Tragic, Dion. Get some freaking better knees. You absolutely coward. You're ah, a coward, Dion. Small dick, Dion. Put that on the record. Fuck you. Hey, I like. I liked everyone retweeting my gif of uh, the little 50 cent drop yes. away video to Dion. He didn't respond because he's a total coward. Absolutely. It, was all, it, was, it was funny after the Patriots game when he tweeted all that shit. But then after that, he was just absolute ghost mode. Yeah. Just ghost mode. Yeah. You saw who retweeted your tweet, right? 
Who's that? Twitter Daddy. Twitter Daddy. Who? Twitter Daddy. Our dad. Our Twitter Dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're starting to he take a liking to you. Yeah, he just actually – I told him to follow – I was like, follow me back, Dad. And he's like, I thought I already did. <laughs> Which, by the way, no, he didn't. He was like, God, this guy's a freak. This guy's a freak. He's in my mentions all the time. He's a complete freak. Yeah. Yeah, well. Did you DM him our last pod? Did you DM him my rant? No, I didn't. Oh, you're a I coward. Didn't. You're a coward. No, you're a fucking coward. Ah. <laughs> uh. Wow. Yeah, no shot he was listening to that. No shot. You know what? Quote tweet him the video. Say, are you proud, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Wow. Okay. But what were we talking about? Okay, the offense. Yeah, a little Dick Dion. Uh, Brady was bad. It cannot happen again. You're absolutely right. Uh, I guess technically it could happen, right? And they could. They could win games like they beat the the Bills and like they beat the Packers but they won't be playing as many quarterbacks as bad as Derek Anderson and Aaron Rodgers so might be tough might be tough to play offense as bad as they did and even still the offense is going to need to get better if they want to win the Super Bowl and I think that's what you were saying when you alluded to the Chiefs and the Rams like they're going to need to outscore probably two teams in one of those Super Bowl 52 type of shootouts if they want to win the Super Bowl this year. Whoever wins the Super Bowl this year is going to have to do that twice. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And I don't – it's, you know, a lot of people were talking about, you know, Brady Wash, blah, blah, blah. But his arm, his arm doesn't look any worse than me. That's not the problem. The problem is just really no one is getting open. And when and, – He's just kind of not making the right reads, in my opinion. Just not going the right place with the ball, which is, by the way, fixable. And I, I would predict that it's going to be going to get going to get this fixed after the bye. Brady said Brady talked about it himself. Yep. It'll get fixed. It'll get fixed. Brady will look like Tom Brady again after the post bye. Absolutely. Which, by the way, you capitalize by unless you're a goddamn coward. I lo- look. I make fun of you for that, but I love how you stick to the bit. I love your commitment to the bit, okay? I think, I imagine you texting your mom and, you know, you're texting your mom about, like, you're, you're going to the supermarket, you're buying some groceries. You know, you, mom, you need anything for the house? No, Brayson, I'm good. I mean, I'm all right. Everything's here. Got some good ham. You got some ketchup to put on your tacos. Okay, all right, mom, that's cool. Bye. And you capitalize the bye. That's how I imagine you talking to people. I imagine, no, you, I imagine uh, you with this... your girlfriend. I imagine you with your girlfriend. And you're just, you're at a date. Maybe you're watching a movie, whatever. You say bye and you just scream bye. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, bye. <laughs> this is why I do it. So we can differentiate. So we know that bye is not bye. Like, bye. Yeah. That's, it's not like good. It's not like goodbye. The Patriots aren't playing this week. It's like bye. The Patriots it's have the bye. bye. It's a bye. The Patriots Coward. have a bye. It's a freaking bye. No, the Patriots have a bye, not a bye. A bye. Jesus Christ! Come on. <laughs> yeah, the thing about the post bye, Patriots get uh, that one running back who does some things on both sides, passing and running. I'm not going to talk about him. 
And then they have the other <laughs> running back, Sony Michelle, who wow, will definitely said his help name. the run game a whole lot. No, you they, said his no name. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say his name. The other guy, I'm not gonna say his name until he does something. What was it? What was his name? The Madden guy. Glass bones. <laughs> glass I think bones. It's glass, Greg. <laughs> glass bones. Greg. <laughs> glass bones. Greg. Just, number thirty-four is back. Yeah, back. Jacob Hollister and Rex Burkhead have said his name. Walk into a room. How many minutes until one of them gets hurt, and are they on a stretcher or not? <laughs> I say it's Jacob Hollister is on a stretcher after laying out for no reason to catch a pass that went right to his chest and just, like, falling on his sternum. <laughs> Rex Burkhead at your local party, eating some chips and dips, all of a sudden tries to open the bag, tears his peck, he's done. <laughs> What's going on, Rex? Fuck, I just tore my peck. That shit bag was that shit bag was freaking heavy, man. That was so hard to get open. Wow, bro. I can't look, I can't even knock you. Rex will help. Rex will help. But I talked about it with um when just the overall di- lack of dynamis dynamicness of the offense this year. Or ever since Gronk went out. Or since Gronk got hurt with the back has been the lack of a dual threat at running back, which last year, even when Brady was struggling, is that once Dion took the job from Gillisley, they basically had a dual threat out there on every play, except on the plays where it wasn't necessary and it was just James White um, passing game type of role. Now they've kind of reverted back to the 2016 post-Dion, I mean pre-Dion, where they had – Blunt is a tell for the running game, and White is a tell for the passing game. And now White has improved a little bit as a runner since then, and Michelle isn't as one-dimensional as Blunt. Michelle can run a little more out of the shotgun. They put him out there with lighter personnel packages, and at least theoretically he's a better receiver than Blunt and definitely better as a pass blocker than Blunt. But Burkhead will give them some of that element that they're missing of uh, just every play – play in and play out, what is it when Burkhead is on the field? You really don't know because he's equally skilled as a receiver as he is as a runner. And that, I think, that will help the offense immensely. And they really do need it because right now, uh, at some point, teams are going to start catching on more to the, to the Sony White thing. Yeah, I agree. Slander Rex Burkhead a whole lot, but he'll totally help. Like you just said, I mean, remember how good he was? Even just like splitting him out on a few plays, you could. Oh yeah, you had those games where you have Rex, the same linebacker. Yep, just absolutely torched him on a little slant. Rex Burkhead's good, and like you said, the Patriots need that versatile running back that can be good in the running game and good in the pass game. That's Rex Burkhead. Then you don't have to rely on James White to run the ball as much, and or catch it as much. James White, yeah. like. James White's catches. He's gonna this break. Year. The, he's gonna break the record. <laughs> he is. Gonna he's gonna back. break the record. You're right about that. But if you look at the catches from the running back position this year and the catches from the running back position last year, this year it's basically all James White. Last year it was White and Dion and Burkhead, and like this year, Burkhead. I mean, White has basically picked up all of their slack. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. I'm surprised James White's still alive. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> wood. <laughs> wood, knocking. Okay. Uh, for sure, but James White, what I think last year, I'm not wrong, right? Dion caught around 35 balls. Burkhead, I think, caught around 35 balls. And this year, White's on pace for a hundred and six, I think. Something like that. <laughs> Something, a stupid number. Absolute stupid number. Yeah. Sorry. Phyllis Lee, White, Lewis. Last year, Lewis had 32. White, Burkhead had 30. And White had 56. So you had between those three guys um, 118 catches between three running backs. So when you look at White's catch numbers, it shouldn't be that absurd because he's he's taken all of Dion's catches and he's taken all of Burkhead's catches. And now Burkhead's coming back and he'll take a lot off White's plate before the playoffs when we really need James White to be at his apex. Yeah, for sure. It'll It'll give James White a little blow. Give Rex Burkhead in there. I love giving James White a blow. Uh, yeah, I know you do. I know you yeah. do. Yep. Yeah. Love to see it. Love it. Love to see it. Yep. Hate to hate, hate to hear that <laughs> saying out of my mouth because, you know, my <laughs> that's hilarious because uh, most of my I, most of my coaches used to say that like if you were tired like hey you want to blow and it's like yeah but you just means you're tired yeah. I don't know if that's just like an Appalachian thing or like if anyone says that I don't know. Do you want to guess how many targets James White and Deion Lewis – I mean, Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead combined for last year? 120. They combined for 71 targets. Oh, man, that's wild. Is that an indi- – And 62 <laughs> catches. They had 62 catches on 71 targets. Oof. That is blasphemous. That's an, is that an indictment on the receivers that the, the Patriots are just dumping it off to James White so much? Oh, my God. That's wild. That is crazy. Can you shit and and Burkhead averaged yards per reception eight point five yards per reception while he was catching like eighty three percent of his targets. That's crazy. Really is, man. Really is. Imagine the team without Josh Gordon. Woof. Be pretty bad. Hogan, wide receiver too. Woof. Oh, smelling it. Actually, it stinks. Phil Dorsett, Phil Dorsett would be wide receiver two at this point. <laughs> they, they'd have no hope but to play Dorsett as wide receiver two and just admit he's better than Hogan. I, I am still just dumbfounded over the Hogan over Dorsett stuff. It's not – it's like Hogan over Dorsett, I guess you can justify it because Hogan's been in the system for a year longer and – for, I guess, a year plus an offseason longer than Bursette has. And what I'm more surprised by is that they've just phased Dorsett completely out. That's what's – I mean, if you look – rewatch the Colts game, the Thursday night Colts game. I've said it on this podcast before. Gordon played like 18 snaps in that game. And he was playing some groupings with Edelman. He was playing in some as the – um, third receiver in 11. Like, why can't that be Dorsett's role? Just play 18 snaps. Take 
take like 10 snaps off Edelman. Take a few snaps off Gordon. Take Hogan still play a role. Just like use all four of those guys. Use Patterson as a receiver and like a a gadget play guy still, or just a guy to block on screens or whatever. Like they have guys who can fit specific roles now. And McDaniels played it perfectly that first week uh, when he had Edelman back and with Gordon still kind of learning the offense. But since then, it's just, it's been guys pigeonholed in the roles where they could use other players. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of weird. And the other thing that I wanted to, want to just bring up is maybe Josh Gordon. I think Josh Gordon might look a lot different after this bye week. I really do. I Yeah, I want to believe that. Uh, are you talking like conditioning? I think that 90% of the people that think that Josh Gordon is slower, like if you think Josh Gordon looks slower, I think 90% of that is because he's just out of shape. And it's just you can't – like the Patriots aren't going to like – have him run hills while he's on the injury report with a hamstring injury. That's not exactly just not going to happen. He's just, it's not practical. Dude just wasn't in shape. Now he now he's had two to what two weeks off the injury report. He's had the bye week. Like yeah, he's, I'm sure his hamstring was probably still bugging him. Like I think half the battle was just that hamstring injury and not being conditioned. And after the bye week, we're going to see it get better every week. And he'll 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 look great because look at him on the sideline. The dude, man's sucking air. He's tired. Yeah. Now you're absolutely right. I I believe in Josh Gordon. I believe in. I, he'll be great. He'll be great when it matters. I just I trust it. I just don't want him to be the only option. Like that that game on Sunday was scary because it reminded me of the AFC Championship game against the Broncos. It reminded, it gave me like weird 2015 vibes. Brady was under siege all day. He trusted two of his receivers, like one big play guy and Edelman. And that was it. After that, the offense was bust and they're going to need more from other guys. That's just the bottom line. And look, like they're going to need, I said it, I said it earlier, if they want to win the Super Bowl or if any team wants to win the Super Bowl this year, if they're going to need outscore the Chiefs and either the Saints or the Rams, okay? Or in the NFC, either the Chiefs, Pats, or Steelers and the Saints or Rams. Like, that's just what it's going to be. And that's why the Patriots should have upped their offer for Golden Tate. I guess that's water under the bridge now. It will never be for me. Golden Tate will always be the one that got away. Unfortunate. Would have been perfect, and yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, totally agree about that. The team could usually could definitely use Golden Tate at this point, or even like Demarius Thomas or whatever, whatever, whatever other weapon you want to talk about. I think it was. I thought it was. I know you and I both thought it was. Thought the Patriots should make an offensive move, a move at the deadline, like Jared Cook or just another offensive player, to kind of give him some firepower. Because, man, you watch that Chiefs Rams game, wow! You need, like those teams you, can score from anywhere at any time. They can score anywhere. from anywhere and any time. And like, like let's take a look at the guys we floated as possible defensive trade targets. I talked about Snacks Harrison. You talked about Landon Collins. Everyone talked about Hassan Reddick. Everyone talked about Dayon Buchanan. 
let's just say let's just say you add all those four guys to the Pats defense. Do you still think Kansas City is do you think Kansas City's not dropping 40? Like they're still gonna drop 40. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna have to add Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald. Exactly. <laughs> someone like that to even make a difference. We're both. Yeah, both. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there's it's just it I mean, man. <laughs> that's yeah, no. That those guys don't matter as much and you uh, I think it's just it's gonna it's about outgunning them, and that's why Gronk matters so much. That's why keeping every single piece on offense, especially healthy for the stretch run, should be number one A next to winning games on the priority list. Because this team has bigger aspirations than winning in Week 14 against Miami, and while that could help them do it. God damn, man. It matters more to have those guys out there and to have just every weapon, like a third a third and seven throw to Phil Dorsett in the AFC Championship game might save your season. You need as many guys as you have for those games. Yeah, you, you definitely do. The other thing about this game that made me more – it made me like a little bit more confident about the Patriots' defense. I think the Patriots' defense is better than both of those defenses. I think the Patriots – Does that matter? Post, I don't think it matters, but I think the Patriots post by will be sure. a, a lot better than they look like in the Titans game, of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Titans I, game, it was just mental and physical. Well, Mar- Marcus, Marcus Mariota played like Aaron Rodgers, prime Aaron Rodgers. He really did. He was great. He was absolutely amazing. Corey Davis stupid. played like prime Jerry fucking Rice. Yeah, both of them were – but that wasn't like – that was probably Marcus Mariota's top five game ever of oh, his yeah. career, and it was de- it was definitely Corey Davis's number one uh, game ever. I know a lot of people just hopped on to slander the Pats defense, but it is not that ba- it is not that bad. It is not KC bad. I don't think For we're sure. going to see the Patriots get fifty dropped on them in the playoffs. I don't think that'll happen. I think if we see them get um, someone drop fifty on them in the playoffs, I think it'll be. Someone drops 50 on the Pats, and the Pats drop 50 back. Or, you know, it'll be one of those types of games. Yeah, for sure. I feel better about the Patriots' defense. I feel a lot better. Yeah. It just – it feels better. It, it, you feel better about the Patriots' defense because you see that, you know, there's no Jags this year. Like, sorry, Bears. Especially in the AFC, right? Just, it's just not – that doesn't exist. By the yeah, way, exactly. how about how about the Steelers Jags game? You know what? I I actually watched the whole game and I don't I actually can't even remember anything that happened except for the last play now. <laughs> yeah. Rough. I just I remember one tweet I mean you sent me how those Steelers look. Like it was 16 to nothing at that point and I was like, "Eh, let's just hold off a little bit." And of course they came back. Oh, they scored a mighty – what did they score, 19 points? A mighty 20 points against Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I'm not scared of the Steelers at all. Come get this work, Big Ben. Yeah. You know what? I'm not scared of the Steelers either because I don't think the Steelers are going to beat us twice in one season. 
and they would need to do it, right? Like mathematically, if they're gonna beat us in the playoffs, they're or, not doing it, not right? Doing it. Like I don't see, I don't. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not gonna come into Foxborough and win a football game. Not that's just not gonna happen. And then if the Patriots lose to the Steelers in Week 15 and they have to go to Heinz Field, do you really think the Pats are losing a rematch? I am so not scared of the Steelers as long as Mike Tomlin is there. This man, this man locked the locker, his locker room up with a freaking padlock. That's how scared he is of the Patriots. He locked the locker room up with a padlock. The Patriots own prime real estate, Mike Tomlin said. When the microwave beeps in their little locker room, (laughs) I guarantee he's he's thinking it's Belichick. Yeah, he's probably up. He probably sleeps in the locker room at night to make sure Belichick isn't bugging the freaking locker room. Which, by the way, he said like two years ago that he believed the Patriots bugged the Steelers' locker room. He's an absolute coward. The Patriots own the Steelers. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good take. Rare good take. Price in NFL. Yes. There we go. One for one for ten. <laughs> one for one for two years worth of podcasts. Or a year worth of podcasts. <laughs> two years. Second year, yeah, two years. Fuck. Wow. Great. You know there's a game being played this week and the Patriots are playing. Did you know that? I thought Patriots it was still the bye. The bye? I just woke up from a a coma after my court date and my my incident and our voicemail I just woke up. I had no idea. Wow, who are we playing? Playing the Vikings? Uh, mm, <laughs> not quite. That one team from New York. That one team. They With took the- a running back second overall? No, it's that one team. Uh, one. They took a bus third overall. Yeah, it was. Uh, they took a blockhead. Ah, okay. They took that blockhead. Yeah, I he's not it. playing though. That's actually pretty bad for the Patriots because instead of three interceptions, they're only going to have one now. Yeah, Josh McCown, kind of, little bit scary. He's better. He's better. He is better. He's better. He is he's definitely better. better. Josh McCown is better. Their offensive line absolutely stinks. Their skill players are. Okay, no, you know Anderson, Anderson, if he plays, Anderson and Nunwa are good. Isaiah Crowell is okay. Yeah, well, I mean, you could you could say that about the Pats without like if you if we were doing a Jags preview before week two, you could say they're okay. They have Gronk. Gronk's awesome. They have Hogan. Hogan's been good for them, and they have James White. He's he's great in his role, and Burkhead's. He's a nice player, and Michelle might do something. No, like the Jets, like Robbie Anderson, he's he's good. Quincy Anun was good. Isaiah Crowell is like a glorified LeGarrette Blunt at this point. He's not bad. He's not great. I think their other running backs scare me more because they can do more in the passing game, like McGuire. McGuire on Hightower out of the backfield is not good for the Patriots. Especially after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, not good for high. I think he's coming back two eighty five now. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> uh, Between him, him and Trent Brown, I don't know who gained more weight. Seriously, definitely Trent Brown. Yeah, Trent Brown. That suit was was crazy. I love Trent Brown giving out a shout out to his physical therapist on Instagram, though. 
if it, if it was a female oh, physical man. therapist, though, then there might be uh, issues. Oh, man. Trent's the goat. Trent is the goat. Better than Solder. Trademark. Yes. You know what? I said okay. I didn't want to be like, they flat out stink. But they're, you know, they have a couple good players. Yeah, they have they a couple did. good players. Their offensive line stinks. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Their offensive line is trash. I'll tell you this. I would take Robbie Anderson on the Patriots. I would too. I would take as Quincy. long as he's not in prison. I, exactly. When Robbie Anderson is not completely insane, he's great. I'd love Quincy Anunwa on the Patriots if his neck is fine. I'd love those guys. Sure. I actually think Quincy Anunwa might be like a perfect. Like, if Quincy Anunwa was on the Pats, could they make him Anquan Bolden? I'm not going to rule that out. Quincy Anunwa was a stud. Yep. And, yeah, like, they, they have some good players. The Patriots should win this game. Yeah, this definitely is a get-right post-buy for the Patriots. For sure. The Jets' defense, it kind of reminds me of the Bills. just a, you know, just a little bit worse. Feisty. Probably, Yeah, it's feisty, but it's still – it's still not great. Like, it's not a top 10 defense. Are we Maybe sure? 15. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah. I'm not going to start ranking defenses here. I, I saw a stat from ESPN. You know, I don't know how much to trust the ESPN stats anymore after the Brady Blitz thing, which we, we never got to talk about on this podcast. But I think every single major media outlet had Brady as, like, pretty good against the Blitz except ESPN, which was just weird. Like, I – I didn't get it, but I ain't fine. Sure, oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This was me trying to trying to talk to the, that WTP clown about how ESPN isn't a good a good uh, source of stats. QBR. Yeah, twenty-eighth ranked defense per ESPN. Okay, <laughs> love to see it. Yeah, it look it. And, and so I don't know, right? I I really don't know. But the they the ESPN had the Jets is forcing the greatest percentage of three and outs this season. Yes, that is true. So is true. the Jets they're feisty, and you know it's that Bill Simmons theory on the NFL and on the NBA, where if you pick high enough in the draft year in and year out, eventually you're just gonna have enough good players to field a good team. Like the Kings in basketball. Uh, and I think that might be the Jets now, right? They have Leonard Williams. Jamal Adams is great. Marcus May is great. Uh, Trem- uh, what's that guy's name? The corner. Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson's terrible. True. He's trash. What a horrible signing that was. Mike McCagnan burns money on free agent corners. Like Bill Belichick burns second round picks on bust DBs. It look the judge, they they have some good players right Claiborne Claiborne's still there Claiborne's good uh, don't have much of an edge rush Patriots should win this game come on let's be real it's the Jets it's in New York that's why it'll be competitive for a while I will actually be at the game I will tweet pictures of our beautiful boy Josh Gordon oh yes in you uniform know Josh, I will, I'm you know gonna see Josh Gordon. Gordon and Gronk and Edelman and White on the field at the same time. Wow, that's beautiful. That What's Josh Gordon's VORP? What's his VORP? I don't know. What's his war? 
His war. Yeah, what's his warp and his war? Sixty nine point nine and nine point sixteen. I don't know, bro. Come on, I need his warp. That's what is what is warp? <laughs> this is an NBA stat okay. that nerds use. Okay. Oh man, what's his ERA? Value over replacement player. Oh, okay, fine. His value (laughs) over replacement player. I don't know, man. What's Josh Gordon's value over Chris Hogan? Like Chris Hogan is the ultimate replacement player. So Josh Gordon's value over replacement player is around a touchdown a game. I'll say that. I'll say that with a good deal of confidence. What's Gronk's value over replacement Dwayne Allen? Because Gronk's value over replacement player. Gronk's value over replacement player is probably Gronk's value over just some, like, Charles Clay, right? But Dwayne Allen might be the worst set in the NFL. No, 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 no. Dwayne Allen has a spot on the team, honey. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he has a spot about, on the team. But we didn't talk about it, but anyone else see those snaps where Dwayne Allen got pushed to the ground? That's your, that's your tight end. That's, that's your tight end. That's the, the man you defend. The media the doesn't – the, the Patriots, the Belichick media doesn't want you to see that. <laughs> this is the side of Dwayne Allen. The media doesn't <laughs> want you to see. <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. I hate Dwayne Allen. Fuck Dwayne Allen. Him. I absolutely hate him. hate him. Dwayne Allen. He made that one block that one time, though, and stuff. He blocked Khalil Mack once. Khalil Mack was – did he have an amputated leg that game? Khalil Mack was playing on, like, the ankle injury that Gronk he, has played on for the entire season that game. By the I way, Khalil, Khalil, Mack, Khalil Mack is the perfect case study for why people who say Gronk is just done are idiots. Khalil Mack played, I think, two games on his ankle injury, and he looked like garbage in both of those games. He was just a total non-factor. They gave him a couple, day, a couple weeks off, came back, and he was Khalil Mack again. Gronk is going to be fine. He's had a month off. He'll probably play his way into form a little bit. But I think the ankle is finally at the point where he can play on it and where it won't just get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I hope so. Love Big Gronk. Want to see him succeed again. I think he'll be good. I want to see the Big Gronk go for two tutties this game. Want to see it. Just want to see it. He, see- he fathered Jamal Adams last Last year against the Jets. People forget that. Well, that's funny because Evan Lazor was talking about the the game where Jamal Adams held him to three catches, 39 yards. And two touchdowns. The, the side of Evan Lazor, the side of Gronk, Evan Lazor doesn't want you to see. Two tugs. By the way, by the way. Darren Lee, he's also Ev- good. Forgot about Darren Lee. Yeah, the Jets have some good players. They really do. Yeah. Also, also I their think coach is they're... atrocious. Their coach is god awful. You can't say that. You can't say that. It's 2018. I can't. I forgot. It's 2018. You How can I be that. so unwoke? <laughs> I you go said to that... fucking Northwestern, man. This could get me kicked off. <laughs> you said that the Jets have the number one ranked defense in uh, getting opponents off the field on third down. Yeah. They also have they also have the number one worst, if that's possible, on offense on third down percentage, which was like 
it's like 18% right now. Oh my they're God. Conver- they're converting at like 18%. And I think it might be even worse right wow. now. The past couple games. Okay. I think McConnell I, helps. You know what? We didn't talk about Christian Black. But if the Jets <laughs> move the ball oh against the Patriots, if the Jets move the ball against the Patriots, I need to see this. I need to see Christian Black's Twitter. Christian Black. I think Christian Black had a seizure last year when McCown almost beat us. That weird as us and Severian Jenkins game. I think Christian Black went into a coma. I, I don't think I've ever seen someone as mad on Twitter as I saw him that day. The Jet Sack game had, like, two good drives. Then the Pats just shut him out for a little while. And then they came back near the end. Christian Black, by the end of it, was just gone. I love him. I don't know if I've mentioned that. I think I've mentioned it on every single podcast we've done since the Bills game when this thing started. But I love Christian Black. I do too. We had a little Thanksgiving vibe of him. Now he's going to be absolutely back. <laughs> I actually hope that McCown moves the ball just so I can see the reactions. Yep. Yep. Love, love the pin tweet. Love the pin tweet. What is it? What is it? What is it? It says like I'm, I'm. It's basically essentially says I know I'm overreacting, but that's just what I do. <laughs> this is the shtick. <laughs> yeah, Pats hurt my soul season. They hurt my soul too. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. All right, yeah. Alonzo. Anything else? I think we're good, man. Get into. Yeah, we're yeah. we're pretty good. We weren't on a screenshot on Twitter this weekend. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> Bryson, you have to make a real Instagram to follow my Finsta. My Finsta is great. I'm not going to say it on air. Um, I just know I have to take a shit, so I guess this is goodbye. All right, Alonzo. I love the music in the background. Really loved it serenading me all, all podcasts, especially awesome. the Viking beep. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But please delete, please have... delete the part where I have to take a shit. No, I'm not deleting that. Talk it's definitely you. staying in there. Okay, it's staying fine. in there. Screw off. Yeah, okay. if you want to slander me at the beginning, this is the kind of I, stuff you can get. Uh, I hate you. You're a coward. <laughs> hey, man. I'm, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Have fun you at the game too, tomorrow. Man. And uh, don't try to illegally drink because you'll get arrested again. That was not what the crime was, by the way. Okay, people? It was worse. I didn't say it was. I didn't okay. say it was. Fine. I didn't say it was. Fine. He was okay. moving meth, people. One to five. Yep. All right. I got to go. All right. I really got to go.